Hey, it's Bill Simmons. I wanted to tell you about a new podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. It's going to be on the Ringer Reality Podcast. What's it called, Johnny Bananas? Death, Taxes, and Bananas. We're going to be breaking down this season of the challenge, Hall of Fame episodes, and I'm going to be taking you behind the curtain of America's fifth major sport. Are we getting special guests? We're going to have special guests. We're going to have special effects. The show's just going to be special. <laughs> I can't wait. Check it out. Death, Taxes, and Bananas on the Ringer Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear are so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff. With real hands-on authentication experience, so when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay authenticity guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. It's August 31st. It is the last day of August. I was driving in my car today, Amanda. I was went to um, get breakfast and the place was closed. So I just walked away with Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee, which is fine. And I heard on the Sirius XM, the guy say, it's the last day of August. And like my face did a, like a, like a, it was out of my control. Mm-hmm. I, did, I did like a like a sad face, like just alone yeah, in my car. I was course. just like, God, it's August 31st. I can't believe it. Where is the summer gone? I have a question and a thought. I'm going to leave okay. with the question. What's Sirius XM channel? I think it was The Pulse. W- which is that? Uh, 15, I think. Okay. All right. So it's like one of the ones that rotates in. I was always, I don't have Sirius XM anymore, mm-hmm. um, but I was always a big fan of the decades, you know, the sure, zero yeah. 10 channels. Yeah, into the found, 90s and the 2000s. Yeah, I found the teens, 11 through 20, kind of hard to parse. They were always mm-hmm. changing them on me. And, and then 31 is Tom Petty Radio, which I loved. <laughs> uh, just uh, like always good, just really reliable. So my thought is that I agree with you. I greet the end of summer with sadness. I think about an Ellen Hildebrand uh novel that I read recently because that's all I could read. We are going to do books, by the way, coming soon. Um, but in the novel, she talks about how Labor Day is the saddest day of the year for her because it's all of the people leaving Nantucket, the summer, mm-hmm. the magic of summer is over. Full time? She does. Wow. Uh, she didn't grow up there. She kind of manifested it for herself. I also have been following Ellen Hildebrand on Instagram this summer. And if you really want those books to be brought to life for you, I recommend it. At what age did she move there full time? Do you happen to know? I want to say 20s or 30s. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating. Uh, okay, carry raising on. Raising her three kids there has become a part of the 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 culture. And, and her latest book, I don't really want to spoil too much of it, but really engages with some of the questions that you're asking. Anyway, Labor Day, saddest day of the year because summer's over. You and I are summer creatures. We like the warmth. I think you do. I do. Yeah. We like the beach. We like you know, I don't know, tomatoes and people just living their best lives and yacht season, obviously. 
But I think it's also important to note, Juliet, that we are just really in the dog days. Nothing is happening. Everyone is in hiding or should be in hiding because if you're in public, things aren't going well for you. What's going on part of summer. So while I acknowledge our sadness, maybe it's good that summer's almost over because we're sort of at loose ends. I try, I try to channel Kathleen Kelly and get excited about a bouquet of freshly sharpened pencils. Sure. Feels a little bit harder to do that in COVID times. It is. But for kids, they're going back to school. Finally. That's great. That is true. I've seen a lot of uh, paparazzi photos of people uh, shopping for school supplies. Oh, interesting. Like anyone good? Really just Jennifer Garner. When I say I've seen a lot of paparazzi photos, it's either of Ben Affleck, Jennifer Lopez, Jennifer Garner, or their respective families, which I'm sure they're all thrilled about. I also that's the life I'm living. Jennifer Garner taking um, Serafina, their middle daughter, to Big Five Sporting Goods in Santa Monica to buy new shoes. I was just really curious about the shoes that she got. Love to see Jennifer Garner patronizing um, businesses in her, her hometown because obviously she could just buy that online. That's nice that they went to the store, though. Although I wonder if like she's in between sizes or a new size and needed to try them on. Serafina, that is. <laughs> as if you couldn't try them on at home and return them. As if, respectfully, Jennifer Garner doesn't have a you know flotilla of people in the home who would be happy to arrange a return for her mm. and her children. Yeah. Yeah, I, I suppose that's true. Um, I, since I just mentioned Kathleen Kelly, can we take a detour that I didn't um, prime you for? Absolutely. Did you read the Q&A with Rosie O'Donnell and Vulture? Sure did. Read it at the doctor's office. Thank you. That was great. Great waiting room fare. Is it because I texted it to you or had you had it open already? No, it was because you texted it to me. And then like two days later, I was like, oh, I never responded to Juliet (laughs) saying that I engaged with that piece of content, which was really bad. In my defense, I was at the doctor's office. So, you know, then you get called in and then your attention is refocused. That's what happened. That's me following up with you. All good. All good. I appreciate it. Rosie O'Donnell, what a career she's had. It really lays it out in that Q&A. Sort of, so the, I, I guess this is a series in Vulture, so they just like to ask them about being in a certain movie. I actually have no idea, but this was specifically about being in Sleepless in Seattle and um, talks about her run in the 90s of being in Sleepless in Seattle, A League of Their Own, and The Flintstones, which was like three consecutive summer hits. Um, I had completely forgotten about The Flintstones. This was like peak nostalgia for me. And then she speaks about Nora Ephron so lovingly um, and with such softness that I actually think Nora Ephron is rarely spoken about with, except for like maybe by her son. I found it like so moving and so sad that Nora Ephron is no longer with us. Um, and also, I just want to note that Rosie O'Donnell's like two best friends are one was Nora Ephron and the other is like Madonna. It's like yes. quite a life. <laughs> So on the Nora Ephron tip, it's funny that you sent me that or that that piece ran when it did, because for whatever reason, uh, three or four days before I had reread a Nora Ephron essay uh, in the, that was published in The New Yorker, I want to say like 2010, around that era. And it was about her apartment in the Althorpe, which Rosie O'Donnell, I believe, mentions in this piece. But Rosie O'Donnell also lived in the same giant Upper West Side apartment building. And because Nora Ephron like got her into the apartment building and the, the essay about Nora Ephron's love for this apartment is really like being in a Nora Ephron movie. If you haven't read it, it's really delightful. But Rosie O'Donnell is also a character in that essay. She just, I mean, she just has a paragraph where she moved in. She got in a lot of fights with uh, neighbors about her dogs and then left again. Um, But the, the, it is affectionate for Nora Ephron within the piece, but you know, the way that Rosie O'Donnell talks about Nora Ephron and then the way that Nora Ephron talks about Rosie O'Donnell is, is, is like a nice compare and contrast. It's just funny that Nora Ephron is like the queen of the rom-com in my mind. Um, and, and like all of these really romantic endings because she is so not like that in her writing and in like in, in the way that people talk about her. It's so, it's so funny. Um, I just want to note my pediatrician, um, and all my camp friends, pediatricians in the Apthorpe as well. So it's very close to where I grew up. So, okay. <laughs> and also my camp friends, children's also all go there. So it's, a, it's an institution on the Upper okay. West Side. On the, so, like, and it's on like the ground floor on 78th and West End. Yeah. Do you have to go into the courtyard or do you have no. street access? Because street the access. courtyard is like a major feature of this Nora Afron essay and you know, where everyone like rides their bikes and it, she makes it sound like a a lovely small town. It's beautiful. I mean, it is a, it is a a towering landmark of the Upper West Side. It's just a a beautiful building. 
And she really does make it. It has the same feel as those first 20 minutes of You've Got Mail with the cranberries and the bouquet of freshly sharpened pencils and everyone running their errands on the Upper West Side and buying a mango at the farmer's market or whatever. Grace papaya, et cetera. Yeah, it's a, it's a bygone era. Now it's all vacancies on Broadway. Anyway, Rosie O'Donnell, um, it was just like really nice to revisit that character of Becky in Sleepless in Seattle because I, I love Sleepless in Seattle. I was recently talking about this. This is true. August 31st content, but <laughs> of the trio of when Harry met Sally, you've got mail sleepless in Seattle in recent years, I've come to find sleepless in Seattle to be the most comforting. I don't know why, but there's something about it that I just <laughs> find so beautiful. That's like a real bomb to drop on me. Just unsolicited <laughs> on this podcast. Listen, it, it's both peak August 31st content and between you and me to suddenly shift your Nora Ephron ranking it's and not, put Sleepless in Seattle at the top? It's not my favorite. And I think okay. when Harry Met Sally is objectively the best, I think of we course. can all agree. It's yes. perfect. Truly perfect. I was so fucking pissed when I finally watched that recent Ted Lasso episode where it like rails off the famous lines from Oh, you didn't like rom-coms? the, rom- the no. rom-com references? No, I didn't. Can we not do Ted Lasso fighting sure. on this podcast? I, no, like, no, listen, sorry, I just was pissed. I, I was pissed for different reasons than anyone else. But anyway. I laughed at the the Love Actually reference. I thought it was funny. I liked it with the kid when yeah, whatever. Anyway, um, I find Sleepless in Seattle to be like the most like soothing at the moment. It's not my favorite. It's not the best. I just find it to be the most soothing. And I think part of it is that I love. Uh, the score. I just like love Sam Baldwin. I don't know. There's something about it. I just love, I just love it right now. It's right now. It's just hitting different. And I just, I don't know. I was so happy to revisit Becky in the pages, the digital pages of Vulture. I'm going to try to receive this knowledge maturely and with respect. <laughs> the, the reality is, is that Sleepless in Seattle is just far and away my least seen of the three. I, mm. you know, I've seen when Harry met Sally and you've got mail so many times that I can just you know, I could probably do like a sad reenactment for you and sleepless. I just was not in my rotation. It's maybe like a bit more mature than the other two. So I didn't gravitate to them as much in my teens. There's a couple of really great scenes in it. There's a lot of good set pieces in it. Also, I have to say, I think just on a personal level with you've got mail, given the state of Manhattan at the moment, I actually find it too painful to watch. There's a real vibrancy to the Upper West Side in it and like a real love for neighborhood and sort of like free movement about the streets and shops of New York that is not happening currently in the pandemic. And I actually find it like rather painful to watch as a result. It's like very sad. Whereas with Harry Met Sally, I didn't live in that era. So it doesn't like affect me in the same way, but it's sort of like, it's a real manifestation of what's gone. And I, I can't, can't deal with it. So yeah, that's, it's, that's where I'm at, Amanda. On August 31st. Didn't the Barnes and Noble that opened on the Upper West Side and that is in like Yes. A reference point yes. for the Fox books. Didn't it recently close? Um, close a couple years ago? Yeah, it became a Century 21, which then okay. went to bankruptcy and like now is back. I, I okay. don't know. Well, now I'm depressed too, Julia. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Have you ever been to the top of the Empire State Building? I have not. Actually, maybe one time with school when I was really little, but it's way more of a fictitious place than like anything else for me. I've never been, but I only lived in New York for like 10 years. You are a lifelong New York resident. And I'm wondering whether you were ever able to recreate that scene. How many times a day do you think someone is recreating? A lot. Like maybe not the we'll meet here for the first time. Though you've got to assume that there is like a category of online like first date that meets up there. And that's like a lot. I don't know if I would go on that date, but you've got to assume that's somebody's move. How many proposals do you think are happening? On a, a daily lot. basis. Five a, a day? Five, five. Okay. That's a good question, but we can figure it out on Instagram by just ge- looking at the geotag. Right. Because um, if you're going to propose on the top of the Empire State you Building. You want to photograph. And then you will geotag it. Sure. Yeah. Um, I will say that uh, the Empire State Building, though I just proclaimed my love for Sleepless in Seattle, the most like famous fictional rendering of that for me is um, the amazing Cavalier, amazing adventures of Cavalier and Clay, which it's a major, major part of the last act of that movie and of that, of that book in my mind, it's a movie. So I don't know. I've also never been to the statue of Liberty. I just wanted to throw that out there as well. I think I did that on like a third grade trip to New York city, like, but steps. we didn't go to the top. Yeah. It's not, yeah. not into that. The ferry I have been on has really good ice cream. 
Um, okay. so you're on it, but anyway, I just check out that Rosie O'Donnell interview. If you, if you can get to it, it's very charming. It also made me, my takeaway was, wow, I really love league of their own and I should just Great really watch a league of their own fantastic movie. So there's something for everyone in all of it. I, I'm just going to sit with what I've learned about you and sleepless in Seattle for a couple of weeks. And then maybe we can come, we can rediscuss it, you know? Um, one thing that Rosie O'Donnell pointed out that I never made the connection and, and that I had never made the connection before was that she and Tom Hanks were both in A League of Their Own and Sleepless mm-hmm. in Seattle, but she has zero scenes with Tom Hanks and Sleepless in Seattle. So I don't yeah. even know if they had crossed paths then, but I mean, that's the other thing. He and Meg Ryan are barely in the movie together. Yeah, they've got two scenes. Yeah, it's, it's a great it's great. It, it's a it's a very good movie. I like well, it. Rewatch it and, and follow up okay, on this podcast. Right. I will. It's a I ninety will. minute commitment. It's very low stakes. But you don't have to beg me to rewatch a Nora <laughs> Ephron movie. I'm just like you know we stood together like in celebration of you've got. I mean, I, I love against it. An, a whole generation of people because I I do feel like Sleepless in Seattle for people like ten years older than us is like the it was a mm-hmm. phenomenon for sure and as is understood to be like the collective like best one. And you've got males like a cute little internet movie that she made. And I you mean, and I know better. I, I, and I still know better. I'm just telling you in the pandemic moment, it's a, it's a tough watch for me. It's sort okay. of like my okay. number one. I'm, I'm lucky to say it's my top pandemic collateral damage is that I am having a hard time with you've got mail. Okay. All right. Well, we'll monitor just- that situation. <laughs> I'm really sorry I detoured us into this. I just, I didn't mean to talk about it with you. Neither you nor Bill responded. And I was just so upset. So here we are. Well, it was good content, you know, good August 31st content. Um, More good August 31st content. Ben Affleck directed a two minute and 20 second long commercial that I just watched. Amanda watched me watch it um, for win bet which is the sports book at the Wynn Hotel in Las Vegas. And the uh, video of the commercial has many cameos, including Guadalupe Lopez, the mother of J-Lo. And now all of those photos of them together at the casino make a lot of sense. And there's a lot to parse here. Amanda, where shall we begin? I just want to say you, you did agree to watch this commercial right before you recorded. And you were like, it's 30 seconds, right? No problem. And I was like, no, it is two minutes and 20 seconds. And it is a long two minutes and 20 seconds directed by Ben Affleck himself. Um, I think it puts so much about Ben Affleck on display. Like, I just feel like it's like a window into his psyche. But that's my that's my take. Where do you want to start with this video? Should we call it a video commercial? What is it to you? It is a commercial. It's absolutely commercial. And as someone who has watched way too many commercials this summer, I think it was because I watched so much Olympics and I just watched primetime. And then I was like, sure, I'll watch these commercials. And now I recognize the people from the commercials when they're in other commercials. And that's just a really sad place to be in, in your life. But I am a connoisseur of commercials at this point, And he's definitely doing a little, he's doing commercial. He's doing like a little bit of fake insurance commercial vibe paired with, as you pointed out, possibly some Ocean's Eleven, which is just because they're in a casino and then and various people show up, including Jennifer Lopez's mother and Shaquille O'Neal. I, I felt there was some like Soderbergh flair of like when Rusty is walking through the casino and like different people kind of like pop out into his path. There was mm-hmm. there was a, a, a vestige of that in, in this um commercial not nearly as good no honestly i found this commercial embarrassing for like a number of reasons however i just want to note ben affleck looks so hot in it like just very handsome yes and when he allows himself to do his like ben affleck charming thing for about five seconds here and there, i die it it comes alive i would love to investigate why ben affleck is directing a commercial for the win sports book i mean his history shall we say, with gambling is well-documented and interest, sometimes a source of of trouble, basically. Yeah, I think he's pretty open about having been kicked out of a few different casinos because he, like, is they accuse him of counting cards or just, like, being too good, essentially. Yes. So an affinity with gambling. But why is he, di- why is he directing this commercial? That's a great question. Like, what, what are his other directing credits that are coming up? I mean, we all know about Argo, obviously. <laughs> but... Like, I I don't know, I guess, because it's like 
easy money during COVID. And it's like for all the affinities you just mentioned. Also, I will say having been to Vegas many more times than I ever wanted to, I, the wind is absolutely the best place to stay. There's, there's no doubt about it. Um, so if this means like you're staying at the wind for free for X number of years, that seems like a, like a no pun intended, a win to me. Um, I don't, I don't know why he's doing it like, okay. for the money, I guess. Cause he loves gambling. And he's like, probably met someone who like it's, talked him into it. Yeah. I was going to say, so you think it's for the money rather than for relationships? Like, you know, because he's a friend with so-and-so and because he wants, I mean, I assume that Ben Affleck has, you know, access to whatever casino except for the ones he's been thrown out of. Politically, I doubt he's aligned with Steve Wynn. Right. So I don't know if it's like, and I, and I do think he's actually pretty genuine about his politics. So I don't know if it's like favor for Steve Wynn, but certainly not, not a favor. Um, so I, I don't know. It's pretty inexplicable. Do we need to be concerned about Ben Affleck's finances then? I mean, this, this man played Batman. This man had back end on some very, very successful films. Like he should be okay. He shouldn't need to be doing a win sports book commercial. It seems like his lifestyle is very expensive. I also want to note that in this shopping for the $85 million home, it's very much been JLo shopping for an $85 million home. Right. It's not been Ben Affleck's budget. Um, I don't think we need to worry about his finances, but I don't know. The man loves to gamble. I, I don't know. Okay. I just think it's weird because you would think that like someone who loves to gamble, do you want to be in business with the casino? I don't know. I don't know how that works. Does that mean he gets more leniency? Does he get like access to something? I, I don't know. I, I need rusty to explain it to me. Otherwise I, I don't understand anything without rusty. I'm lost. That's true. The other aspect of this commercial that I'd like to discuss is like the really belabored. Are you betting on Boston joke, which just right. goes on for two minutes and two minutes they just, and 20 seconds. They only thought of one joke and like, it, you know, it's a good joke. We all know that Ben Affleck is, is from Boston is a Boston sports fan, Boston sports fans, you know, have a special place in our lives here at the ringer for better and for worse. Um, but they only came up with the one joke and then with Shaq like dancing. My biggest complaint is that I was very confused by this, the casting because there's a couple of high profile cameos. There's Melvin Gregg, who's an NFL player. There's Shaquille O'Neal, who's Shaquille O'Neal. Mm-hmm. I assume you all know him. Um, and then there's like other character actors. And oh, and then there's Guadalupe Lopez, of course, JLo's mom. And because there's like three really big cameos, the other character actors that are just like random random people cast to be in this commercial. I was like very confused. I was like, should I know who this is? Like, I, I wasn't sure who anyone was. And I feel like if you're going for cameos, you have to go full cameo or one cameo. And, it, and if you're going to go one cameo, I choose JLo's mom. So I, I don't know. I found, I found that very confusing. Um, it also was just sort of like super try hard. It was not like, it wasn't like a Nike commercial where you're like, wow, this is the most powerful marketing material of all time. <laughs> Yeah, it was sort of like we're all going to hang out in Vegas with Ben with Ben Affleck, except in a very forced and slightly uncomfortable commercially way, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was, I, it was I, very, I don't know. It was very confusing. <laughs> also, why was JLo's mom in it? Like, there's just so many inexplicable choices. I guess because he's trying to invest in his new relationship. I don't know. I, Maybe I don't she know. she wanted like, to be. It's like, it seems like a pretty easy thing if your mother-in-law or prospective mother-in-law wants to, you know, be in something. It's like, sure, you can be in my sports book commercial. It's not really going to like take my cred down, you know? I have another question for you. Yeah. We got paparazzi photos of, of Guadalupe at that very slot machine or one yes. very similar. Yeah. We didn't see any cameras around her, like film cameras for, for the shoot. Mm. So... Who do you think staged those paparazzi photos? Was it the win or was it team Ben Affleck, Jennifer Lopez? Like, because now that cast those photos in a really different light for me. That wasn't like, wow, funny Ben Affleck, JLo's mom together in Vegas. It's like, oh, that was a work trip. There was cameras all around. They were strategically not caught in these so-called paparazzi photos. And I've got questions. Well, the original photos, I think we responded to with like, hmm, this is all happening very quickly. And also now Ben Affleck is just like hitting the casinos all the time again. Like what's going on here? There's a, there's 
some, I, I think we interpreted them maybe not as red flags, but as like, uh, we've seen this narrative before. Yeah. And so I don't know if that the Ben Affleck, Jennifer Lopez camp would release those. Surely they might have some anticipation that that would be the reaction, though maybe they were hoping of just like, oh, look, Ben Affleck is spending time with Jennifer Lopez's mother. Isn't that nice? So maybe they did it. The the win thing seems more likely to me. Or honestly, at this point, those photos are worth lots of money for the paparazzi. So maybe that's one where they caught it and they specifically didn't cut out all of the photos with mm. the actual cameras to make it look like they got something that they didn't actually get. Right. You know, and just like another story, which is more money. You know, it's an art project I'd be really into. What's that? If you could like track down a lot of paparazzos, pop, if you track down paparazzi and like ask them for their outtakes that have like all the things you don't see, like all the nannies and all the cameras and sort of like the literal apparatus of celebrity that's like around celebrities all the time, but never in the photos themselves. Like, I just feel like that would be such a fascinating photo photography show. If, any, if anyone's looking for an idea. No, it would be. I think it would be really expensive because they would not part with those without, you know except for a lot of money. And then like the question is, do you want to see what's at the margins of this stuff? Do you I, want to see I how do. you're soft? You it and would, I do, but it would ruin a lot of, a lot exactly. of um, the myth, but uh, I, I would like to see that. It's sort of similar to like next time the New York times wants to do like a trend piece on Giorgio Baldi. It's like talk to like the bus boys and like the dishwashers and like not, not the people who own the place that are like friends of the celebrity, you know, it's like very similar. That's sort of like a, the actual apparatus of celebrity just does stays out of the spotlight. And that's because it's the apparatus of celebrity, like yes. the people in control figure it out. But this whole thing with Benefer 2.0 just gets weirder and weirder by the moment. Like there's just, as we just had so many questions and no answers about this commercial, like it's so the whole thing is so weird. And his willingness to do it at this moment in particular and be in it as well. And just being back in public, they seem to have absolutely no concerns about it at all. They are just like, sure, we will now be totally not available. I think they were very available the first time around. Like they were actually sitting for interviews. They were like really, really pursuing it pretty aggressively. Um, mm -hmm. Or maybe not aggressively. Maybe that's unfair. I think there was a, like a lot of invasive attention, but they were sort of like officially cooperating a bit more. Whereas this is kind of like, we're just going to live our life and go places and know that we'll be photographed. But to, they're not trying to avoid any of the attention, I guess. Yeah, it's just very, just very surprising. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> also, one thing you and I were talking about uh, via text was that JLo has seemingly rebranded like fashion wise. And mm -hmm. it's sort of like she's left her Miami style behind. She's left the style of her and A-Rod behind, which was like for several years, JLo was like straight athleisure. Like we just saw, I mean, it was partially COVID, right? But even before that, when they were promoting their various ventures in Vegas and whatnot, like a lot of the, a lot of the pictures that you got of her was in um, gym clothes and she always looked great and hashtag goals and now all the photos of her and Ben Affleck when they're in LA together she's dressed like a real business lady and maybe she's doing business and that's why and also Miami and LA have very different vibes and styles but it's a really noticeable shift to like very structured adult clothing it's like really high-end like boss lady clothes and I say that lovingly not condescendingly yeah it's it's like a fashion business I think Structured is a good way of putting it. I do think for two years, all during COVID, all we saw were photos of her going to the gym and not mm -hmm. and leaving the gym. And that was that seemed to be kind of the way that she and A-Rod lived their life. They either yeah. were going to the gym or they were going to an event that one of them had some sort of interest in. So in in that sense, I do think it's a little bit just where we're seeing her and how we're seeing her. But you're right. They again, you know awareness that you're being photographed and what she's putting together. It does look very different. I do also want to note that the picture that inspired this text chain was of Ben Affleck, uh, going with Jennifer Lopez in very, uh, fashionable clothing, going to the Westfield century city mall for the second day in a row. Why is he going to this mall so much? I don't know. And that also, that also reminds me 
it came out after we recorded last week that allegedly, I don't believe this for a second, but the reason given for Ben Affleck going to Tiffany's was because he was doing a treasure hunt with his kids at the mall. And that was like part of it. Or a scavenger hunt, I guess. I think it was a scavenger hunt. Anyway, that's just wanted to put it out there. But you're right. Two two days in a row, I think, at the Century City Mall, which is a great mall, but like it's for the plebs. Great restaurant options. My favorite movie theater mall, probably in this in the city. But like Din, once Din again, Fung, the best dumplings in North America. It is a mall. Like there is like there's you know an origins store, and I think that still exists, right? You remember origins? Yeah, remember of course, that sea yeah. salt scrub? Of I course, hope it yeah. still exists. Great, great makeup, Pricey. and you know a Disney store, and uh, like it's it's a it's a mall, a mall mall, and to get really nitty gritty, the aforementioned pictures of Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez feature them walking in from street level, which is not how any normal person is accessing this mall, unless you're valet parking, which possibly they are. They definitely were. Right. But so nevertheless, it's weird. Even if you're valet parking, you know that you're going to get photographed when you're going in. So there's an intentionality to all of this just at the mall. There's, there's gotta be a celebrity entrance to that mall. There's no way they built it without it. Like yeah. 0% chance. Right. So, um, it's, I just, I have never spent that much time at the mall in my life. And I was a person who went to the mall a lot as a child. So I just, I don't know. One thing I'll throw out, it's across the street from CIA. So perhaps they were, they were doubling up on meetings or something or meetings okay. and doubling. And then that's going what, to have lunch. That's what I would do. Yeah. I gotta be honest. I have read a lot about what Jennifer Lopez does to stay in shape over the years. She's mainstay in Us Weekly. And again, as you said, she looks great. She works hard for it. I don't think she's going to like dumpling lunch every day, Juliet. <laughs> I like <laughs> maybe that's my problem. I would be having Din Tai Fung every day if I could. <laughs> Me too. And, uh, you know, and she has other priorities. And again, she looks fantastic and she works very hard for it. But I kind of don't think that she's hitting up Din Tai Fung at, like after lunch at CAA. I could see them going to Javier's over Din Tai Fung, to be honest. And I bet like you, I bet at Javier's you can like pair everything back so deeply. So it's just like straight. So you're ch- just getting chicken. like your four ounces of protein yeah. and your vegetables as yeah. featured in Us Weekly in like 2005. Yes. Yeah. And like a skinny margarita or something like that. Okay. You think they're, I, I don't know if she's drinking at lunch. I, she doesn't, it doesn't oh, she doesn't really seem like she doesn't drink. She doesn't, she doesn't drink. drink and right. he doesn't either. Yeah. So, uh, I it's, wish it's them all well. baffling. It continues, wish them to, well. continues to be. I, and I don't know what the fall is going to bring, you know, because it's like back to school, back to business. What, what does business look like for all of them? Sometimes when I encounter babies, I like wish you could get a readout of their brains. I'm just like, can we just like sure, hook something yeah. up to like understand their thoughts right now? I wish we could get a readout of Ben and Affleck's brain and all of his moves and Jennifer Lopez too, but I find her less mystifying. I know she's got a plan here. I, I just, right. I trust her. I, I implicitly believe in J-Lo. Also, one mall trip a week, totally normal. Two yeah. mall trips, trips in a pro, weird. Really weird. Unless okay. there's a doctor in that century city that I've been to. So maybe, I don't know. I, I don't, again, that's not <laughs> what's happening. There would be privacy if they're going to the doctor. I, I don't understand. I don't get it either. I just like, I, look, I, I hope this lasts. I'm fairly certain it won't. I look forward to the postmortems. I hope they're as forthcoming um, afterwards as they are during. So sure. Me too. Until next week, Ben and Jen. <laughs> what will what will Labor Day break weekend bring? Who knows? I wow. Hopefully, big travel plans. Probably. Who knows? Okay. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear are so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. 
kingdom of the planet of the apes has arrived in IMAX. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Um, staying in Los Angeles, TMZ had um, some footage and details from Savannah James's birthday party. She's the wife of LeBron James. She had her, I think, 36th birthday over the weekend. Rich Paul, one of LeBron's closest confidants, and his girlfriend, mega famous, world record holding. You sound so sad. You sound so sad. (laughs) Attended. I also read on Demois they had a huge fight recently. I can't say if that's true because on Demois it's it's um, not reliable, but I'm going to choose to believe that. So there's a lot of Rich Paul and Adele out there. Adele was seen leaving without shoes on, I believe. Mm-hmm. She also was like dancing. Adele like loves, I think, a female rapper and loves to like bop along to it as evidence from the videos from this party and also when she did carpool karaoke and knew all of the lyrics to Nicki Minaj. Um, she's like bopping along. She just seems like Adele. Adele just seems like super fun. Like I definitely would want to have her at my birthday party, obviously. Um, and she's just, she's just in it. She's just dating Rich Paul. She's part of the NBA scene. Russell Westbrook and his wife, Nina were there as well. Chloe. I'm a huge Nina Westbrook fan. We love the Westbrook family here. They're so cute. Also teetotalers. They should hang out with with, uh, Ben of her. I don't know if Nina is, but Russ, Russ is. Um, also, Tristan Thompson and Khloe Kardashian, who are like maybe back together. Who cares? I I can't do it. I can't. Don't, m- mostly don't care at all. So whatever, whatever you guys want. Um, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I don't know. I just Adele is a fixture in the NBA social scene, and this is um so, really just overwhelming for me. I, I, I was going to say having I, a hard time let's, processing. Let's, let's follow up on this. Let's follow up on this because Juliet Adele is a fixture of the NBA scene is like something five, 10 years ago. If I'd said to you, Julia, this is happening. It's all of your passions. I know. Together at once. And now it's here. How does it feel? Is it what you would have hoped for? Or is getting everything that you want not what you want? It's not what I want, Amanda. Yeah, it's just I not know. what I want. I, I know. I, I've I've recently taken to not watching soccer, but just like reading about soccer superstars a lot, including okay. like yesterday I watched a video of a of a footballer making spag bowl, which is spaghetti bolognese for about four and a half minutes. Yes, I know. I listen to table manners. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, I would so much rather she be with a footballer. I just I I think one thing I've realized is that I really want Adele to stay British, and I. I'm disappointed that she loves Beverly Hills so much. I'm just like, can't you just live in Chelsea? Can't you just live in Kensington or someplace really bougie in London? Why do you have to come to Beverly Hills? So basic of you. Right. Well, you did announce to me and a group of people yesterday that you're only interested in European athletes from now on. That I did? you just and yeah, and oh, really forgot. just Europeans that you had just made the transition that <laughs> that's where your interest lies, which is just a good thing for everyone to know going forward. Juliet's Juliet's made the transition. So I do wonder whether that's, you know, flavoring your, your reception of this. I, I like that she just kind of decided, no, I actually really like Los Angeles and this is where I, this is where I shall thrive. Um, I, I don't know about dating an agent. I just, I don't know what to say. We've discussed that before, but it does seem like she gets to go to a lot of fun parties and hang out with fun people. 
I'd love to know what Adele discusses with LeBron. And like Adele likes soccer. She Instagrammed herself during the Euros. Like, has she taken to hoops? Like, does she is she a Lakers fan by default? Is she an Anthony Davis type? Is she a LeBron fan? How does she feel about Melo and Russ joining the team? Like, should we give Adele a Lakers podcast? I mean, actually, that would be the only way in which I would I would support this is be like if Adele became a basketball podcaster and it was okay. like Adele I, explains the power the lies with you. So. Adele explains the Lakers is content. I would, I would actually okay. really enjoy. I would enjoy it as well. I, because I don't believe that this is like a permanent life state for Adele. I, I this seems a bit like an Adele Rumspringa. You know, she had a huge mm-hmm. amount of success at a very young age. She had a child at a young age. Like she takes motherhood very seriously, which I admire, but you know, then she got divorced I think the, the kid's a bit older now. She can have a little more space to herself. She finds herself in Los Angeles, extremely wealthy and successful and like wants to go to some parties. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm okay with that. I could see Adele going on Love Island for the joke. Like I could see her like thinking that was funny or something, but not if she's dating Rich Paul, obviously. Right. Um, I hope it doesn't. I like it when she's doing Bachelor parodies on Saturday Night Live. I thought that was yes. good. That's one oh. of the, the few SNL sketches that I've watched in the last couple of years, but good job, Adele. I think we will be getting an Adele album later this year. God willing. Finally? I feel like you said that last year. Well, COVID. I'm now holding you personally responsible for when I get an Adele album. <laughs> I've like stopped updating myself on the facts. I'm just like, what does Juliet have to say about this? And then it doesn't come. And then I'm angry at you. The only, only th- Taylor Swift is like doing something in LA. There's a lot of like questions, like what she's up to, but she's like filming something in LA right now. If I were Adele's team, I would try to go off cycle for, um, from her. The only thing is that Sharon's album's about to come out and that's going to dominate quite a bit. I've got so many Ed Sharon thoughts for a different time. We haven't talked about him in a while, but I've been keeping up and I've got a lot to say. I did notice that you Instagrammed. Is that the boat that Taylor Swift was photographed on? No, it's just a random boat that That I came across. Oh, I thought it was it. Well, but then you paired it with an Ed Sheeran. Because the name of the boat was Bad Habit and the name of the song is Bad Habits. I didn't have my contacts in yet. So I was really, I thought you were going for some next level, you know, Taylor, you know, pop culture references. I discussed this on Bachelor Party last week. I'm very self-conscious about my Instagram content because it's, oh, I think we discussed it too. It's just um, podcast promotion and sunsets. And so I'm just like trying Mm -hmm. to throw in some other stuff too. And I was like, here's a picture of a boat that I took last week. And I took it, the picture of this boat because it is the same name as an Ed Sheeran song that I've heard on the radio a thousand times. And I'm mildly obsessed with the video because it's so fucking weird. So I don't know. I'm just trying to like throw, throw in some curveballs, keep people on their toes. Well, I knew that it was a curveball. I knew that it was a pop culture reference. I didn't think you were just like posting a picture of a boat, but by the way, I like sunsets. It's fine. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so insecure about it, but I just love sunsets. They're very beautiful where you are. So keep taking those photos, keep enjoying them. Thanks. People can look elsewhere if they don't want to look at a beautiful sunset. I feel I've shared a lot about my, my current interests and Mm -hmm. anything, um, any reveals you want to share about what you're watching or, or like what's up in your world. (laughs) What is up in my world? You just watched the chair. I did finish the chair. Oh, that's right. So I finished the chair. Because you asked me to watch the chair and, and it got good reviews. And then a, a friend of mine and a listener of this podcast texted me um, and a fellow friend from Dartmouth where I went to college was like, I think the chair is based on, on Dartmouth. So maybe you should check it out, which, which I do because at some, one, at some point they reference it. It's like a lower tier Ivy and also David Benioff, husband of Amanda Pete, as, as he's made perfectly clear at multiple awards shows, is a Dartmouth graduate as well. So I was like, oh, cool. I'll check it out. You're so lucky. I, I, would, I would kill to be a, a co-alum with him. I I have to tell you, I did not know that he was a graduate of Dartmouth <laughs> until my friend told me. Congratulations to him. A very successful life. He, you know, makes TV shows. And is very I miss him. I, I genuinely miss him being like out in public and like inside the episode. I like I would just I'd watch a super cut of every inside the episode of with David Benioff. If someone wants to make it, I'd watch it. Okay. So I watched the chair. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't even know what to say. Someone could do that for you. You could do that for yourself. Or you can just, you are like a YouTube power user, Juliet. Just make like a little autoplay, like a playlist, you know. Sure. You can do that in five minutes. Sure. I believe okay. in your Sorry. ability. This is Amanda time. I interrupted. Keep going. Uh, so I just, I started the chair. My husband was out of town. I was like, this is going to be great Amanda time. 
five minutes in, a dew blast is on the screen. And I just text you very angrily. And I was like, I was not told that there is a dew blast in this television show, which really just speaks to my powers of just blocking out anyone talking that I don't want to hear because I think the co- coverage around the chair definitely mentioned that JG Plast starred in it because he is one of the stars of the Netflix show, The Chair. But I did not know. And I, I ultimately thought he was was pretty good. That was my least favorite storyline within the chair. But there is just something about like, suddenly you see a Duplass and you're like, oh, it's going to be like this now. And that I guess is both a testament to their certain brand of Hollywood, whatever. And also uh, maybe a sign that I've overloaded on that type of content. So I, um, there's a lot of things that I really like about the chair. First of all, Amanda Pete, obviously protect Amanda mm-hmm. Pete at all costs. Um, Sandra Oh is uh, one of the great actresses of our time from, you know, now has three hit TV shows to her name that she is uh, in many ways carried. I would say she carried Grey's Anatomy in the years she was on it. Um, plus, obviously, Killing Eve, duh. Sure. Um, I believe that the co-creator and co-writer, Annie Julia Wyman, um, was in San Francisco when I lived there, and I feel like I've met her, so that was exciting to me as well. Okay. Um, and my favorite, um, genre of fiction is the campus comedy. So everything was lined up for me to love this show. And I just didn't, I liked it. How'd you feel about the David Duchovny bit? I was amused by it. I, so this, that really worked for me. That's why I, 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 I was surprised by myself that it really worked for me, but I was like, oh, this is unexpected and fun. I think it was the thing where the like the humor and the jokes itself matched like the level of investment that you needed to make in Mm -hmm. the plot line. It was sort of like a superficial, funny, satirical thing um, that they landed. For me, the best parts were Sandra Oh, who is incredible and so funny and neurotic and also lands like the just kind of empathy of this character and everything she's going through at work and at home. Um, Just she has like a real emotional presence that I think is is pretty astonishing. I really liked all the family stuff, even though it was like, like everything with her dad is so wonderful. And I really liked everything with her daughter. Yeah. Um, and which is why I ended up liking the Jay Duplass character, even though I thought his plot line and the cancel culture stuff was like the least developed of all of the various controversies. And the students in particular are just, you know, Twitter caricatures, which you couldn't pay me to, you know, go back to college, but I, thought that that was an injustice or unfair. So I didn't love that part of it, but his relationship with the kid was very cute as a family comedy and as like a workplace comedy. Everything with Holland Taylor was fantastic. She was she, excellent. She was wonderful. So I liked it. I also liked that it was three hours, which it is. Yeah. It's six 30-minute episodes. We were talking about it on the big picture, and this is something that just would have been a movie like even 10 years ago. And like basically is a movie with just like a few extra some extra padding and I don't know it, it's fine that it's a mini series instead of a movie at this point it's like the way the world is but I liked it I liked it it wasn't like life changing or whatever but I enjoyed it yeah it was good it was good Sandra O oh is like she's really impressive I mean her career choices are so good I she recently was talking about why she wouldn't go back to Grey's Anatomy and just talking about a lot of it has to do with like how she's emotionally moved on from the character because of like the, the struggle of, of sudden fame that came with that mm-hmm. show. And I, she's just like, she's just like, I don't know. She's a true role model. She picked smart roles. She plays, she clearly imbues everyone. She play every role she plays with so much, um, intelligence and pathos and determination. She must be a de- very determined person because I feel like all of her roles are so defined by that. And she's, she's a joy, a joy to watch. Um, I also thought it captured winter in a really good way. I was like in a way that we haven't really seen on TV in a while. It actually kind of reminded me of like home alone or like, um, uncle buck kind of had like a real John Hughes, Chicago winter feeling to me, which is maybe why I thought it, it worked, but I don't know. It's just been interesting to like see this sort of be in the zeitgeist. Cause it's so, it's so unlike meant most other TV shows right now. And also like, it's kind of like an un- unlikely hit. It's surprising that it's on Netflix and not HBO. It feels very HBO. Doesn't it? Yes, it does. Though it feels 
a little bit shorter and lighter than HBO likes to go at this point. Yeah. They, I think they just want a little bit more for their buck at this point in terms of like hours run and also things to argue about. And this is kind of like, I like this. This didn't work as much for me. I had a nice time and I'm moving on, which I suppose is Netflix's model for an extent. They try to get you for, for three hours and they try to get you for another three hours and they try to get you for another three hours. But it is funny that there's there are at least three scenes, maybe more, about Chaucer mm. and millions of people are watching it. You're right. It's not like a natural, obvious Netflix hit. Yeah. Also, um, a lot of talk about Melville and Hawthorne, which I really enjoyed because mm-hmm. P- Pierre is Melville's novel about Hawthorne. And I loved that book in college, which is something really annoying. I'm sorry I've said it. But anyway, it it was good. Check out the chair. I'm, you probably have if you're listening to this podcast. Hope right. you all liked it, too. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of all I watched. And then, by the way, Working Girl is on Stars right now, our favorite streaming service. So I rewatched oh. Working Girl again and really enjoyed it. Just it's one of my favorite movies. It's like my, my mom. It's like my mom's top three. She loves that movie, too. It's yeah. like always on her DVR at all times. So it can be watched in the middle of the night. It's a great movie. It's Once really... again, your mother and I are soulmates. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Seriously. <laughs> all right. Well, we didn't know if we would be able to do a full podcast here on August 31st. And here we are 45 minutes later. We crushed we it. We did it. We crushed we it. it. Thank you to um, Ben Affleck. Thank thanks you to, to Ben Affleck. Book. Thanks to Nora Ephron. Thanks to Las Vegas. And thanks to the Century City Mall. It's a great place to spend some time. <laughs> thank you. To, and most importantly, thank you to Erica Cervantes for producing this episode. We'll be back next week. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.